You are now about to witness the awesome noises crushing a might of the U.G.S. Robinson Show sound out of this thing. I gotta turn it up somehow. I know. Hold on. Let me try something else. How about now? I am beset by difficulties on all sides. Right now on V four seven. Actually, that was four three. But I was hoping you would take the four and add the three and understand that I was V four seven. I got rumors. This is the rumor show. Timex Social Club rumors. We got rumors, innuendo, libel, and slander. The show is all about it. The finer points, allegedly. But right now, Bob Riley, singer for Stigmata, playing the bumper music for this show, some version of this show since 2007. It's Stigmata, intro, all of nothing, from the record Calling of the Just. Still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, online, where, where they hit your hammer with a car. I'm on my way back to I'm taking a real good look at you. At your face. So being paid back and forth always nothing. All right, all right, all right, my friends. Uh, the phone is not actually working. So I have to like press like a million times to get the, I know, I know, I know. I won't be tricked. I won't be tricked into somebody's product cycle, but let's see if I can do this right. I, I read some guide on how to do this correctly. Had I been a real professional, I would have actually done it before the show, but I have time for all that with, with the JJB, which if you subscribe to this channel, the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper channel, it should have already let you know that the JJB was live and at it. Um, if you're connected to me at Twitter, at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, it would have all you would have also got the announcement on the JJB, the Jiu Jitsu Breakdown. This one is a, a redux of Ryan Hall v. BJ Penn. For those of you who are trying to figure out what the hell was going on, we explain it. Uh, what, what's happening here? Why am I what am I looking at? <laughs> okay, I got it. So um, what I'm going to try to do right now is get some sort of reasonable sound action. Here we go. Let's see if this works. This is uh, Roma Raider came through 
with the little magic ball here. And some some of you wrote and said, ah, Eugene, I, I can't really fucking hear it. All right, so input. Let's see if this works. Snowballs, little snowballs. Input volume, I'm going to crank it. If it's too loud, please somebody uh, DM me on Twitter or just tweet it because I got the phone right, the phone next to me and I can see the tweets. The tweets. So um, I think I might even get to the 50-year-old women thing today. But uh, but now it's getting kind of hazy in the old man's memory. So all right, so so we're on the ball as usual at the halfway mark. We got the question and answer session. Ask away. I think that's loud enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna crank it just a little bit more. If there's a problem, say something. Don't let me do the whole fucking show. None's the wiser. Um. So anyway, um, a lot of stuff tends to float my way, uh, end of year. You know, a lot of stuff, and most significantly rumors innuendo the detritus of of a year gone by and like janice the god that january is named after i'm looking backward and i'm looking forward if you were privy to the care don't care preview since there's no fight next week we went off book and did something a little bit different with it we picked our our best of of the year and that went all over the place it was me and john nash and steph haynes uh, I think it airs on Tuesday. If you follow me on Twitter, you should have known that. Uh, it airs on Tuesday. And one of the things I latched on to, uh, she asked me, Steph asked me right at the top of the hour, what did I, what did I make about Luke Cockhold uh, v. John, uh, Johnny Boney Joni? And I'm going to answer what I answered there, but also lead into what I let, let into there, but go into more depth here. And so I don't know if you've read the news, but the news is Luke Cockle, I mean Rockold, I mean Cockold, I mean Rockold, uh, Cockold. He recently called out Johnny Boney Joni and said, that's it. I'm done with the middleweights. I'm moving up to light heavy. I've always had a hard time making weight. Here I come, baby. Hold on. Hold on to your skirts because Luke Cockold, I mean Rockold, I mean Cockold, I mean Rockold is coming. And they were like, and so Steph said, what do you got to say? And I said, I know what I know what everybody's expecting me to say. I know you're expecting me to drag out hashtag Misty AF. I know your, you, you know, metaphors with wood and chopping and mist and hills and darkness and the lost battalion. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You know why? I got two words for you. Frank Mir. Huh? What? What? Who? Yeah. Dark starred, baby. At this point in time, this vantage in time, even having talked about it earlier, I have no idea what Frank Mir is doing. I had to be reminded that he went to Bellator and fought twice at Bellator where he got pasted. But this dovetails into two separate rumors. One of the rumors I, I, I hear came uh, ap- this is tri-level chess. You're going to have to stick with me. Do you remember after Chris Weidman's last fight, the Gowlider general of the Lost Battalion? And on the cusp of that, they did a, he did a series of super uncomfortable interviews, one of which, and I can't remember whose show this was on. Maybe it was The Mermaids. I don't remember. And that would be Ariel, Ariel, The Mermaid. Get it? I got to make these connections for you. As evidenced by one of you's commenters, I think you were actually just trying to drive me crazy. Like, I don't really have far to go anyway, but you're trying to drive me crazy, completely not getting anything. I thought, that's very funny. That's very funny. I, I, I recently bought a new vehicle. No money down, a reasonable payment a month. I got good credit, if you can believe that, 820 So they gave me a, a, a free car. I go to get the car taken care of. 
they say you have to do the special Luxacare thing. I can't remember the name. So I wait online, 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. I tell the guy, hey, I'm here for the, for the Lexa thing. He goes, I don't know what you mean. I go to Luxa thing, the thing that you do where you spray the inside me out to protect the inside me out. I, I don't know what you're talking about. You spray the whole thing. It's part of the service you get when you buy a new vehicle. Guy goes, not ringing any bell. I said, you're the service department, right? Yes. You do service on cars. Yes, we do. You do nothing that sounds like what I'm talking about. He goes, I, I wish I could help you. And right then I see the cat who sold me the car. I go, Kevin, Kevin, come here, will you? And what is that thing that, that, that thing that where you wipe the inside and out? And he goes, oh, you mean Luxacare? And the guy goes, oh, Luxacare. Motherfucker. And then he says to Kev, he says to me, you mean the thing where they wa- we wash it inside and out, coat it inside and out? What did I just say? He says, so you want this done? The fuck am I here? O- on your car? Oh, oh, God damn it. Okay, it's Sunday. It's early. I got to relax. I got to calm down. I encounter that kind of shit. So some of the commenters are doing that. Very, you almost got me. You almost got me because I said people are stupid, only exist in cartoons or if they're trolling Eugene S. Robinson. So I got you. Extreme stupidity also drives me to the brink. So that's why I had to make the connection for you like I just did. Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman, Ariel, Ariel Hawani being the mermaid, is on his show with his wife. And they have this uncomfortable moment where he's talking about shit that really cements his position as a Gauleiter general of the Lost Battalion. Chris Weidman, I mean. The rumor that comes on the heels of that, and actually it came before that, but I alluded to it and then covered it a little bit later, is that he's under a lot of family pressure. A lot of family pressure. You'll find a lot of times that, uh, you know, there's a great line from a Jay-Z song, you know, would you still be rolling with me if I, you know, if I wasn't a seven-figure nigga, would you still be here? And he should have the answer to that. And that answer is no. Sorry, no. Um, so a lot of times, my understanding is that there uh, people misunderstand the parameters of of celebrity, right? And if you start getting checks that are pretty, I used to get. I got one month on a job I had in L.A. I got a check for twenty two thousand dollars. I'm going to quote the the famous Manuel Liebskin, uh, tour agent extraordinaire for for Oxbow. Said, "Don't get used to that." Don't get used to that. But it's real easy if you're married young, if you got a young wife, that money is an abstraction. You've gone from being somebody's daughter to somebody's wife, and you don't understand how the mechanics of cash work. Why can't we have that new house? Why can't we have that new car? Our kids need to go to college. Why don't we start those 529s? How come we can't go on vacation? I'm a man in a similar position. I understand it. I, 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 except except uh, my wife comes from Poland and knows the value of a dollar. So they're undue pressures. So I hear all the scuttlebutt coming to me from Long Island about dude is driven. It, it's not necessarily all his doing that he is all about returning to a championship and more specifically a championship paycheck. I'm not putting the blame on this on Chris Weidman's wife. 
I'm just saying that we live complicated existences outside of the spotlight of celebrity that involve very basic things. Fucking new kitchen cabinets. <laughs> you know, marble counters. Shit that costs real money. My wife is telling me that the refrigerator is broken because vegetables are going rotten in the crisper. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? They rot in the crisper because they were old to begin with. You don't buy them on Sunday. You buy them on Monday or Tuesday. <gasps> Excuse me. Or you turn it up. Not going to buy a whole refrigerator because of a rotten cucumber. There are pressures. However, the one goal of being a man is shoulder your burden without complaint. Frank Mir, my understanding, has got a similar situation with his wife, allegedly, and is out there. You're an earner. Go out and fucking earn. You're not sitting around the house at 42 years old, getting up under my skirts because you got fucking, because you, your, your career is done. Open the gym, do something, get at, like uh, Michael Jira says in, on Angels of, of Light song, he, they record, he prints up an argument, apparently an actual argument that he and his former girlfriend Jarbo were having. And he's like, it's not my fault. Go out and get money. Go out and get it. Go get it. So these cats, like, like, you know, you mentioned Weidman and I make the wide would jump from Weidman to, uh, to Frank Mir, who was dark star. If there was, I had no idea that he had left the UFC. Oh, he left. Yeah. You're fired. I quit. You quit. I fired. I had no idea. I had no idea. But what, but you know who does have an idea? Luke Cockold. I mean, Rockhold. I mean, Cockold. I mean, Rockhold. I mean, Cockold. He's got a good idea. He's got a good idea that he needs to participate in the conversations that people have when they're having conversations. He needs to be talking about shit so that people are talking about the shit that he's talking about. He has to. He has to, he has to, to continue. He's like, look, to distract from the fact that he's had some pretty significant high profile losses under his belt recently. A TV money for reality shows is not as much as it is for, for other stuff. I made more money on Leonard part six than he did on that bachelorette show, whatever show it was, he was on guy. So he is, that's not misty as fuck. He is keeping his name in a conversation. I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to take a flyer. I'm going to light heavyweight. I got I got a wealth of shit that I could do there before they decide that my scheme, S-K-E-I-N, is done, is out, is over, is run its course. What they should do is have him fight Anthony Smith. In other words... Johnny Boney Joni wants to fight three times in, in 2019. Give him his three fights, but give him his three fights with fighters that can actually put some juice on that card. That's what Cockold is doing. It's a smart move. It's a smart money move. And hats off and praises to him for having done so. Get his name in the conversation. Does he expect to win? I don't know what he really expects. But that's not the point. The point is, anytime you find somebody who's willing to give you money, you get them to give you money as long as you can get them to give you money. That's what Cockold's about. Rockhold. 
cockled. I mean, rockled. Now, Johnny Boney Joni. Johnny Boney Joni says he's going to fight three times in because we, as I set out on the Care Don't Care, which you'll hear on Tuesday, I set out, I said, listen, he's understood that his most formidable en enemy is idle time. Being the devil's playground, idle hands, can't be. If he's got three or four, if he's got three fights a year, he's got four months for each fight camp, tailor made, watching film. He's got his a comfortable schedule. I know from my spies in New Mexico, he's still hanging out with the mini mark guys. I know one of the he thanked one of those guys in the cage. Man, I, what you really need to do is get him to LA. You got to get him out of New Mexico. Get him out of New Mexico. Sorry. The influences there are significant enough, and the and the cover mechanism is not strong enough to keep that guy safe for all of 2019. Not at all. By which I mean in Los Angeles, they have both. They have stuff to coddle your troublemaking and then to conceal your troublemaking. Only in LA do you have the most egregious cases coming to. Keep in mind, Harvey Weinstein wasn't busted in LA. He's busted in New York. Les Moonves, New York. New York is a different system. It's a patronage system. In LA, it's based on celebrity. What, what was rare is what happened to Mel Gibson. That, that exchange he had with the cop, the sugar tits and the world's problems being connected to Jews, that was traffic stop shit. You know that I told the cops that my name was Abraham Lincoln because I told you. How, that didn't make it to any press. What I was arrested for. The cops in L.A., it was egregious enough where they said they took a flyer on this guy and they go, fuck this, because they knew information like that would be welcome in the town. We've got ourselves a real live anti-Semite here, boys, a real Nazi-loving, Jew-hating Mel Gibson. The world should know. You need a place where you can keep him safe even without the fights, but he wants the three fights. He'll get the three fights because what else is he going to do? And who else are they going to have? The reality of it is with Johnny Boney Joni, you got to keep him busy. He's asking for this. He's asking for this because he knows thyself. Give him his three fights. Keep him fucking busy. In regards to the question about why he didn't want to go to heavyweight, the rumor mill opens up. So far, I've given you two sets of rumors. Here's a third set of rumors. Coming from, some, from, from another spy in New Mexico, I could read you what the guy said, but I'm going to do it from memory because I remember it. He said, you know, Johnny Boney Joni is not fighting any fight that he stands to lose. Which means he's two or three steps ahead of us because we haven't even thought of this stuff. Haven't even thought of this stuff. It mystified me. It's bothered me since it happened. Why did Joni Boney Joni say, hey, you're going to fight? Okay, I want to go after the champ, champ. And then he says, he comes down, back down to light heavy. At first I figured, well, he's afraid he doesn't trust the Baldwin well enough to go to heavyweight because suddenly they're going to hit him with a light heavyweight thing. They'll have to lose the weight again. And then, the, the, or they'll yank his belt. He just, he thinks they're out to get him. And this guy says, nah, 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 Eugene. Let me tell you, I've been training in the same place with the guy. I've been seeing the guy train. He's never, 
never putting himself in a, in a situation of real risk. And I've said that before about Johnny Boney Jones' fight style. It doesn't seem like he's ever gone more than 50%. Uh, the first uh, 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 JBJ versus the Mauler, number one, the one that he said he was partying and not paying attention to take the guy seriously, which he was right. And plus, there's a bit of of ego where it's like, oh, this guy's doing a boxer. I can stand and bang with him. Well, that almost did you in. He said, oh, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake again. But out of the guys who it's not, what did that thing they say in the Unforgiven? It was like, how do you get such a good gunfighter? He goes, it's the order. It's the order. That guy who, who, uh, who uh, my, my friend Josh Allen Friedman wrote about in Goodbye 42nd Street uh, for on Feral Press, talks about the guy who was a uh, 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 the business manager for Plato's Retreat, or the owner, and was about to go to prison for tax evasion. And he got into this thing. He goes, I could blow my load uh, once every half hour. So you could do the math. That's like 48 times a day. And all of a sudden, all this Jersey mafia money gets involved. And you're, it's action. People gamble. Degenerate gamblers will gamble on anything. They get a med school student from Columbia University to show up. He shows up. And the guy begins. And just to show you that his heart's in the right place, before he begins, begins his 48 woman uh, uh uh 48 loads uh thing he he jerked off once you got a med school student there with a flashlight and some of the women who went to the club were there lined up and he actually does it with 15 minutes le- left he the guy is like 48 at this point 40 not 50 but who knows this is pre-viagra this dude did it Dumped for busted 48 loads in 24 hours, won the money, and then went off to jail for tax evasion. And they asked him later, I think Josh Allen Friedman, my friend, asked him, He goes, Hi, bro, how did, how did you actually, actually, how'd you manage to do it? And the guy said, The mistake that the mafiosi made was letting me choose the women. If they had insisted that I do 48 times with one woman, no way could I have done it. Or if they use anybody, but I, I I knew the women, I put them in the right order, and that's, was that, what is that? What is that? That's three or four fucking chess moves ahead. Johnny Boney Joni is not challenging anybody who can beat him. You never saw him push hard for Rumble. You never saw him push hard for that, did you? And the first time he was scheduled to fight Machida, he begged off, if you remember that. He said, ah, the schedule is not right. He had to study film a little bit more, had to prepare. But that guy's unorthodox style, was not ready. He's not getting in that cage. How do you think the guy amasses a 23-0? And don't tell me Matt Hamill beat him. I love Matt Hamill, but he didn't beat him. Matt Hamill certainly is not walking around saying that unless he's joking. Uh Uh-uh. Johnny Boney Joni, according to my spies, is very careful about how he chooses to fight and with whom he's choosing to fight. Him not going to heavyweight is is freaking strategic. He'll go to heavyweight if he can fight uh, DC, a guy who's already crawled inside of his head two times. He'd fight for Lesnar. The money makes it worth it. And if he loses, he's got nothing to lose. And fundamentally, he doesn't think he's going to lose to Lesnar either. Dude is after legacy. And sometimes you get these guys who win 
because losing to them is so fucking distasteful. Losing, I believe, is a habit. I've seen it around me. It's a habit. It's a bad habit. You get used to that habit. You just lose. I forgot. I We call it Abraham and Strauss around here. Always something. Everybody got your opportunity. Everybody's, oh, I always get the short end of the stick. Oh, really? Your type always does. Losers and quitters. It's not our fault. And the last, before we get to before we get to the question and answer thing, which you can DM me or tweet me at Eugene S. Robinson, the question and answer. And the last and the saddest and most injur- injurious uh, uh, set of rumors. Mm. I wonder what gives me the most latitude. If I if I share the um if I share oh, let me see. Let me I'm just gonna share, I'm gonna share the I can be more candid if I share the rumors and not make the connections to the person who the rumors come from. All right, recently there was an internet, let's just say international sports celebrity. <laughs> who was accused of raping one of his girlfriends or fiancés or wives, I forget the status of the relationship, of raping her in a hotel room after uh, uh, an evening uh, of drinking. So there's a flurry, what 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 the people in an intelligence agency call back chatter. There's a lot of of stuff coming, not on Twitter, but on some of these social networks that are not based here, but are based in another country. Confirming the existence of this sports star in question and his involvement in a hotel in the city in which he maintains a gym that night. So what what you, if you're a member of the press, you know that this is going to fucking break. You're running out right now getting primary sources. If you are running interference for this sports celebrity, if you are, you know, part of uh, the advanced team, you are trying to head off members of the press at the pass. The most significant way to do that is to go to the woman in question and go, listen, things got out of control. Admit it. It's a terrible thing that's happened, and we feel deeply for you. The sanctity of your body, your own personal agency, has been trammeled like you are a piece of trash. And we can appreciate how badly wounded you are. We'll do anything within our power to make this right. In line with that, we're willing to cut you a check for a million dollars to make up for your pain and suffering in parentheses by your silence is does that make does, is that going to work for you suddenly you talk to a girl who is working at, at, at as a grocery checkout clerk and a million dollars transferred in the local currency starts to seem like a really big fucking deal Yes, you lose the friend, 
and you don't have to see your rapist again, but that's no harm, no foul. Would you rather be broke, hang out with them, or have money and never have to see them again? You haven't heard the story yet, have you? The check was signed, sealed, delivered. Now, anybody on the inner circle here or on the on the on the penumbra, on the corona of this tawdry series of events, maybe starts to get ideas. Specifically, baby's mama. Baby's mamas who kind of have an understanding of how the cash thing works. And start also in a very public forum, public enough so that people can send me screen captures of the exchanges are fighting with said sports celebrity. I interviewed Evander Holyfield in a house that he had designed brick by brick to follow the specifications laid out in, at Tony Montana's place in Scarface. You had to get in a golf cart to go from the front gate to the house. He has 11 kids with 11 different women. He is broke and lost it all. Baby's mamas are not sitting home reading TMZ feeling happy for you. They're feeling mostly broke. Even if that check shows up on time monthly to take care of the offspring, there are lots of things that cash won't make better. Colicky nights, visits to the doctor, bad grades in school, back talk and, and refusal to clean up the road, lots of things. Raising a kid in a couple makes it almost possible. And this international sports celebrity this international sports celebrity is no longer a champion. What champions can do, they can call their shots. Amanda Nunes can say, I don't feel like giving Chris Cyborg a rematch. She's got to fight some other people. Johnny Boney Joni, in a move of grand benevolence, could say, you know what, Anthony Smith? I dig you. I see where you're coming from. I'm a little tired right now. Why don't you fight Gustafson? You make it through Gustafson, then we'll see you up on the other side. You can call your shots, not when you're no longer champion, no matter how much money you made in the past, no matter how much trash talk you talk, and no matter how entertaining you are. You know how I know? Look at the Diaz's. Not in positions to call their shot because they don't own shit. Woodley? So you're going to fight Uzbe. You're going to fight Uzbe. Why don't you have Uzbe fight Colberton? Crappington. Colberton. Crappington. Colby Crappington. Well, you know what? We book the shows, you fight the shows. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Protect your boy Crappington for how much longer it doesn't matter. Woodley can choose. Let him take the belt. Take the belt for what? I fought every single fight I could fight in 2018. You're going to take my belt? Go ahead. Go ahead. Take the belt. Well, of course, now we've segued into what Eugene S. Robinson would do. Take the belt, have Usman fight Crappington, and I'll take my belt back from whoever wins that fight because that's the way it should be to begin with. And then after I take my belt back, after you unjustly took my belt, then see what kind of compliance you get from me, the newly recrowned champion. C, gamble. You're a degenerate gambler, bald one. Gamble. But this international sports celebrity in question is not in a position to be calling any shots 
no matter how many asses he puts in the seat, seats. There are fights out there for him to pick, but there are only fights for him to pick if he cares about picking fights. He's got the championship head, but no championship schedule. It's a prime, prime. It could be like Jerry Lee Lewis. As long as Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lee Lewis stayed in that one town, it wherever he comes from in the American South, any number of wives he had that died under suspicious circumstances were just going to keep on dying. The sheriff pretty much said that. There's a great article on it. Questionable circumstances. Not just one, more than one. So there's a mechanism. There's a mechanism. Pre-trouble and post-trouble. Watches out for guys like this. Why? Because we all have our price. I have to tell you, if somebody broke into my house, held me down, and raped me, I'd be pretty fucking upset. But there's a certain amount of money that might make that upset kind of go away. I mean, if you look at it this way, once I've been raped, that's a historical fact. I got to deal with it no matter what, and I can deal with it with a million dollars in the bank, or I can deal with it broke as I stand there at the counter at McDonald's. It's my choice, I guess, right? Does that mean people with money should go around raping whoever they want? I don't think so. It's not good. It's not a nice thing. But I completely understand people making some hay while the sun shines, as the old expression goes. So those were four or five fucking rumors I gave you. And what they let me tell you what that means. For 2019, the likelihood of us making it to 2020, Space Odyssey, without a major torpedo-like hole blasted into our into the side of our MMA dreams is highly unlikely. Now, it's on balance that we, we weigh this. Because there are people that I don't expect that you'll ever, that you would ever comfortably expect will get caught up in any bullshit. I think Max Holloway has got it all. But you never know with people, but I think he's got it all. Rose Namajunas, well placed. You might not be able to build a promotion around them, but you got to have some sort of balance. What are the belt holders? Woodley, I'm not expecting him to get caught up, I which is why I don't know why you're fucking with him. You have a franchise bald one. Pay attention to the trouble spots before the trouble start, spots start paying attention to you. I'm hoping your deal, whoever's in charge of fighter development, you know, whatever, whatever corollary that is in the UFC, get on this shit on the international level and in New Mexico. DC. Well, let me get to the question. Let me see if there are any questions, first of all, before we go, in, go into DC. So the question and answer session, I do live questions. Let's see what you what you've asked. 
Uh, uh, okay. Audio Vividity down a tad. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. Hey, Luke, fight Gus. Uh, Frank Mir tapped the strikes in his last fight. Don't con a con man, especially if he's better than you. Why would John fight DC at heavyweight? Towel gate. All right, that's not really a question, but uh, I, I like how you're thinking. What do you think of Dillashaw's weight cut so far? The pitchers have been haunting. Yeah, well, this is what happens. Uh, that, that's a good question. Anybody else will go for a few minutes with the questions. Just uh, DM me on the on the Twitter thing, at Eugene S. Robinson. Okay, so let me tell you, when you are, and this shit happens, if you've ever been in, in if you've ever filled this role in your family, and uh, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, maybe, if you have your own family, this is the role that the father is expected to play. You got to have your shit together. You, they, your family, as a, as a husband and a father, they don't need you for much. They need you to pay the fucking bills, and they need you to not actively fuck things up. But you can't be in a position to fuck your shit up. You can't. You can't. Because you know what happens if you do? You end up having a child that suddenly has to become a parent and an adult. That's not a good look when you're in your 40s and your, your 30s and you have a six or seven-year-old kid. Don't be coming home drunk, smashing the place up, and your kids got to clean up after you and make sure you're okay. There's some balance. I sometimes think that my kids needed more grit in their lives. But you know what? How much grit are you going to find in post, post-millennial, you know, post-2000 California? I was disowned by both of my parents by the time I was 19. My mother and I reconciled once and then I had another 12-year period of separation. But now we're, we, we are back realizing that none of us has, neither of us has time to fuck around. I've had one conversation with my father since I turned 19. Almost had to drop out of Stanford. After my first year, a wonderful angel named Rita Scorin helped me out get some financial aid, got me some jobs. I could work and pay my way through college instead of having to quit and go back to Brooklyn College. I had a little bit of grit. Stealing sauerkraut and and relish from food lockers at night with no flashlight, just grabbing whatever I could and running away. Get back home to find out I got a fucking eight-gallon can of, of, uh, of relish and at first, I'm like, I'm not going to eat that shit. I'm not going to eat that shit. I'm, I'm fucking hungry. It's not too bad. First few spoonfuls. It'll hold me over. Maybe I should have raised my kids with a little more grit. New, I, didn't have a, I didn't have a laptop computer until I was... I don't even know. I couldn't afford my own laptop. I just bought my first new vehicle ever. And I had to do it with no money down. My kids have been driving their own cars since they were 15 and 16. Not my choice. It's a mother, but whatever. As a father, you got to pay the bills, show up, and not fuck up. That's it. If you don't, you have people picking up your slack who will resent you forever. And the oofsie, what happens is the guys who are steady players, the Max Holloway's, 
you know, the Dillashaws, your, uh, 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 the Rose Namajewas, they got to pick up for the fucking, for, 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 the, for the Wildcats. Oh, you lived on spaghetti noodles and mustard for a week. Man, that sounds like a fucking orgy. Invite me over. I practice Ramanomics too. I used to go to this hippie house to eat around food, and then they said, we can't have any. Nobody can have seconds tonight of the tofu because we have too many guests. I was like, you piece, you dirty fuck. At least, hey, I, I went over to a fraternity, Alpha Delts, where some of my friends used to live. They used to nickname Alpha Drugs. And even a tramp like me found their brothers who would not deny me a bowl of soup. Not like those disgusting hippies up at, at uh, uh, not Fisai, uh, not Columba. I can't even remember the name. I blocked it out. The place that's next to the Delt House on Stanford campus. So, so my point is, my point is, you, the A-level guys, the the, the 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 earners, the healthy cat, they have to pick up the slack. It's not that Dillashaw is willing to do that and the pictures are haunting. That's not the issue. Like, it's not, you're a father, you, you, you can't eat, your kids got to eat, you got to make sacrifices, it's part of the deal. The shocker comes when you get payback. Where you where you hoist the company onto your wide shoulders with nary a complaint, and then the oofsie turns around and fucks you. That's the kind of thing that that has you sitting for the rest of your life thinking. Mm-mm. The equivalent it, with the parent analogy. I gave my father no fucking trouble at all. The deal he made with my mother was eighty five dollars a month for childcare. He had volunteered to continue this through my college. He ceased doing this after my first year. $85 a month, even in $1980, $81. How far do you think that got me? Not very far. Not very far. So my father doesn't stand has no legs to stand on in regards to this idea that I did everything for this kid and look what he did to me. Look how he treated me. I know people have gone out of their way for mothers or fathers who are not fucking doing the right thing. Out of their way. And they end up fucked. And they're not happy about it either. In a way, I let my father off the hook. I could have kept juicing him for stuff. Depending on how how low I was willing to crawl, I could get juicing him for stuff forever. Chose not to. You don't want to talk to me? That's okay. Never need me for anything. Woe betide you if you should need me for anything. Now, in the situation of the oofsie, what are they going to need? Well, you think they're going to need something? A guy who helped helped build your brand? You think? Well, you think? You what kind of help do you think Chuck Liddell got from the bald one? His good friend, the bald one. 
Dude's climbing back in the cage at 47 years old. Is that where he wanted to be? I fucking buoyed this. I built this house. And what do I get? Well, things change, buddy. I guess they do. I guess they do. So um, are there any more questions? Let me see. Because I'm going to move to winding up. Because I've been getting loquacious and running over. Let's see. Let's see. So at Eugene S. Robinson. Yeah, the pictures of Dillashaw's weight cut. They are haunting. Here we go. Uh, questions. Um, yeah, lived on spaghetti noodles and mustard for a week. No fun. Here we go. Uh, Dillashaw looks terrible. Sunken in temple. Eye sockets. Um, are rematches different in MMA rather than boxing trilogy model? Lots are 0 and 2. Uh, and then how does UFC East being justify putting Cerrone on the prelims in Hardy as co-main? Eh, that's really strange. That's very strange. If you want to, I'll go through the last one. Hardy on the co-mains, I mean, I think they're trying to drive. You got to analyze the reasons why ESPN would have purchased the UFC. And I think the reason why they did it is to extend the brand. Anybody who realizes the core to their business is just an isolated core knows it's going to collapse in on the center. I use the wagon wheel method. If you don't have ancillary sources of income coming off of your core business, you are fucked. And my question is on one of the, if the shoes fit was in regards to Facebook, if Zuckerberg realizes that or whether he's going to let his ego stand in the way and say, Facebook must exist forever and ever. Cause all he has to do is look across town at my space to know that that may not be the case. Facebook Inc is something else. Facebook Inc is, is totally something else. You know, silent partner in Instagram, silent partner in what's up. WhatsApp, sorry. What are the ancillary income streams with the UFSI? doesn't make a difference because it's now they are one of ESPN's revenue streams, ideally picking up European uh, 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 sponsors. That's the only way I can explain that. I don't know. I love Hardy, but I, this I don't know. And rematch is different MMA than, than boxing trilogy models? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I I would have to say, and you're going to get on me on this, so don't, I don't want to hear it, but I'm just going to say a broad generalization that boxing fans have shorter memories for some things and longer memories for others. Alternatively, alternatively uh, the trilogy between, say, DC and Johnny Boney Joni captures us not because we really think that DC is going to win, but because we know that DC believe, because we believe that DC believes he can win. And that shit is entertaining. In the same way that people used to tune in to watch Susan Lucci lose again before she finally won a daytime Emmy. If you don't know who Susan Lucci is, she's an uh, old. Uh... All right. All right. Dude is uh yeah, I know. The schedule is not 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 that bad. He goes, but he says, no more two shows in day, fight half schedule. Yeah. So, uh, um I don't know. I don't I, I I think that I think ESPN will be a better home than than Fox, but I'm trying to be positive about 2019. But the big issue is, and it came up on the Care Don't Care special show that'll be airing Tuesday. The big issue is, are we going to emerge through, are we going to get through 2019 
unscathed, and you got to know that that's not going to happen. What I'd be hoping for right now and what you should all be hoping for is that the drunken dads of the UFC are handled through 2019 by the organization. You can't leave these guys out there to their own devices. You cannot and expect a positive outcome. Do not do this and expect a positive outcome because you're not going to get one. Yes, you can't take the guy out of his country and lure him to Vegas and keep him there. You can't get Johnny Boney Joni out of New Mexico and get him to Los Angeles. But look, Endeavor, Endeavor is still part of the picture, right? What does it say that the, one of the number one talent agencies in the world doesn't know how to market Amanda Nunes? Can't get work for the fighters. Maybe they should tear up those fucking shitty contracts where these guys get to put their fingers, these 362 contracts, where they get to put their fingers all in their money. I used to feel happy when I saw Stipe doing these Modelo commercials until I realized, you know what? The bald one's probably got a piece of that. He's probably got points on that for reasons that I, don't, that I can't fathom. 10%, 15% sure, an agent's fee, a finder's fee. But how long are you going to ding my earnings because you built something that I'm profiting off of? How about I don't show up? Am I fungible? Can you just put, oh, Stipe doesn't want to do it because he wants his full paycheck. Hey, how about this? How about we get Volkov? Is that going to work? Just another big guy? I don't know. I don't know. But what we've seen, and to quote Kid Nate from the other day, the brains have left the building. That's Kid Nate didn't say anything new. We were confused about that at first. I'd like to imagine that because they're still fans of the sport and that they have some pride of ownership, the, the reason why the UFC hasn't gone completely off the fucking rails has been because the Fertitas are still chatting with the bald one and giving him some, uh, you know, a uh, 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 pretty compelling advice, which I'm sure he goes, mm-hmm. and then he forgets about and then regurgitates it as his own ideas in staff meetings. I guarantee you that that's probably the case. But there's going to be a lot of this. For those of you just listening on SoundCloud, I'm making the crossing my fucking fingers. A lot of this through 2019. It would be great for us to make it through the year unscathed, but it's unlikely. All I'm asking, all I'm asking is that the usual drunken dads stay off a fucking uh, uh, who are on probation for this or that manage to get through the year spotless you're gonna have to read between the lines of what i'm saying i'm sorry i can't cover everything up with allegedly but i think you know you yourself know what i myself just said so okay so um let me see. I've been promising this thing with 50-year-old women for a long time. So, And I, I don't want to run over, so, so bear with me. For those of you who got gone back a couple of shows, I started to think, I've heard older women talk about that at a certain point, they become invisible to men. And at first, it doesn't bother them, but then it starts to rankle a bit. They don't know who these men are looking for but they're not 45 or 50 year old woman. And if they take any cursory notice on the street, what they see is what they've always seen. 
women who, who have obvious and overt uh, sexuality, which is largely based on kind of, you know, anthropologically, bioanthropologically speaking, on signs that they are ready and active breeders, clear eyes, sign of internal health, clear eyes, shiny hair, protuberant breasts. These, these are all, we don't, we're not processing it on a conscious level as being a product of uh, a good, uh, um, uh, a thing that primes it for breeding, but it's something that you can smell. And I actually, I mean that both literally and, and figuratively. So they start competing with this kind of fa phantasmagorical 25-year-old who's turning, turning all these men's heads on the streets where they are in the marketplace where they happen to notice. I don't mean the marketplace like the actual supermarket. I mean, in the Greek sense, the agora, outside world. Now, the problem is that if you get, say, okay, well, you know, you got 50-year-old men out there who are, who are single, maybe gone through a divorce and is single. Yes, yes, I heard from 50-year-old women. The 50-year-old men out there who are kept themselves in shape, stayed to the gym, they're going after, they're going after, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, 40-year-old women, 35-year-old women, 25-year-old women, if they can swing it. Leaving us 50-year-old women, um, yeah, that's not even the whole story. But I liked, I, I, I like, because I've always typically liked older women. I mean, ever since I was like a kid, 17, 15, I think I was 17, I had a girlfriend who was 37. So it, um, I've, I've always typically liked it because they, you know, had shit. They were powerful, you know. 37-year-old woman's got her own apartment. When you're 17, that's like, oh, shit. She got a car in her apartment. She drives. She's got a credit card. She can stay out past 10. But there's this whole negative cycle of, okay, they're paying attention to 25-year-olds. I'm invisible. I fucking hate it. You know, men my age, I won't put up with. The problem is that people get hidebound. Hidebound. Class and cast, uh, cast and classification, they get stuck in time. And they absolutely, older women absolutely can't put up with fucking 25-year-old mansplaining shit to them. You're 25, shut the fuck up and take your clothes off. Now, why they're not going for 60-year-old men, I don't know. Because 60-year-old men are hidebound as well. And they're doing this creepy thing like they're attracted to 50-year-old women because, oh, she's so young. No, I'm 50. We're, 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 you know, we would have been in school at the same time if we'd gone to grad school. You know, it's not that big of a difference. It doesn't matter. The narrative is that you're invisible. So, which would account for the raft of plastic surgery. You know, you got these people with 70-year-old faces and big fake titties. It's like weird and disturbing. And now they're doing the butt implants. And it's like... It, it's not about even attracting men at this point. It's competing with that, that, that illusory 25-year-old woman who maybe looks good but really doesn't know shit. It takes a lot for a 25-year-old woman to best a 45-year-old woman in the sack. If you're just one of the, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, an art lover, you got a 25, oh, look at the beautiful confirmation of her hips to her breasts to her. Okay, that's fine. 
but I'm not lock, you know, I'm not liking a fighter because a fighter looks good. I'm liking a fighter because a fighter fights well, if you get what I mean. So it, it, we're tied into the cycle is, is a biological one driven by urges and needs to procreate. And the idea is that once we but my theory is that um, they're not se biologically, sexually less attractive. In fact, in my mind, a lot of them are more attractive. Attitudinally, the, the attitude is, is, is hidebound to when they were at their maximum power. And clearly, women from 18 to 25 have more social capital store, <clears throat> stored up because of a youth-directed culture than women at 50 or 55. Or at that point, have to marshal real power to be fucking noticed. But it's a real fucking crisis, actually. In other words, they are invisible. They are justified in feeling rankled uh, by their invisibility. But the way they go about being visible works in one sense. And the way that they remain invisible is something that they're ignoring and failing to do so they stay invisible. So you're saying that they have to bullshit and be nice and listen to man. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're going to be accommodating or likable or any of that shit that's part of the political sphere right now. I'm saying what makes them attractive is to be wholly themselves. Don't like the fake titties. Don't like the fake lips. Don't like that shit. Don't like it. Okay, you know, you don't maybe look at me, Benedict Arnold, you're 56, your wife is 34, you can't talk to us. Okay. All right. You know, the other woman I was with, my first wife, was with 25 years, is only a year younger than me. Oh, but you left. Let's get into my personal life. It's not the issue. I've got an appreciation for older women. But I don't have an appreciation for fucking neuroses, which this society will make you fucking crazy. Just do your own thing. Which is pretty much the very same message that I have for the incel cats. I like the fact that you've given love some real credence that like, look, look, there's a possibility I may never find it. That's fine. But the whining, got to stop. Take care of some shit. You know, lose weight, run, get yourself, be the best you you can be. And then let's see what happens. But in any case, the man truism remains. Nobody wants to hear you complain. The 50-year-old women, people will listen to you complain, and that's something you should be thankful for. Because nobody wants to hear me complain. So this was a Reader's Digest version of, of I mean, I had a whole show laid out for this that talked about, you know, the, the anthropological roots of biological attraction, and it tied in, you know, the powerful 18 to 25-year-old woman convoy, the, the lack of power in the 18 to 25-year-old male convoy, except the power, uh, the destructive power to wreak havoc. And then, and then what happens to those deltas over time as, as, as we age? It's compelling. If you're interested, I will 
lay it out on a whole other show because I think there's a, a dead week. next. There's no fight next weekend based on the Care Don't Care preview. So next Sunday, we could have open for it if you're interested. If you're interested, ask, and I will. I'll go into it. But right, I'm not going to do it unbidden. I gave you a taste of it. January 14th. 14th. On Stitcher, iTunes, Google, SoundCloud, any place you get iTunes, you get your podcast. Ozzy Confidential is going to debut. It's my podcast on Ozzy. You're going to like, usually we got enough of you with this. Yeah, 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 no, no, this is different. What's different about this? One, those the first show is me interviewing me. But the, it's, it's, a, it's a confessional space, and I'm talking specifically about my personal history with performance-enhancing drugs vis-a-vis -vis steroids. I'm a grown adult male who still has to be employed by other people. The fact that I'm talking about illegal drug use in a very open and candid way is daring. I don't expect a cookie. I don't expect to be rewarded. I just want to, I'm just telling you this because what's different about this show, and the first one is no indication, and the first and the second will be together, what's different about Ozzy Confidential is it involves me always talking to other people. Always. Versus just this. And the difference is, remember when you helped me get so I could I could get my raise, 25% of my raise had to do with raising my followers on Twitter and Instagram. That's the way they laid it out. I took it. You all helped me with that. Same thing with this Aussie Confidential, Confidential podcast, January 14th, and then every week after that. You got to sign up for it. Got to listen to it. Share it with your friends. You'll be entertained. This will allow me to get people on the show like Anthony Kiedis. <laughs> Those just listening on the radio, I just smiled. And uh, or Halle Berry or Billy Bob Thornton, some of the people who I've interviewed in the past before, we're going to get them on the show. I'd like to get Joe Rogan on this on Ozzy Confidential. Actually talk to people. It's just audio. It's a podcast. Even though you had the video clip, if you saw me running down the street, we're going to rerun that January 14th. I need you to make help me make it a big day. If not, you get NPR for the rest of your fucking life. How's that taste? No, don't do that. Listen, tell your friends about it, tweet it, share it out. I think you'll enjoy it. The first one where I'm talking about performance enhancing drugs, you'll be like, ah, yeah, I already heard that, Eugene. I heard that. But I interview people for the others. And you might like it. So. There you go. That's the end of the show. This is V4. Seven. <laughs> look at my look how fucked up my finger is from jujitsu. Both of these fingers from grabbing geese. It's terrible. Uh, those of you who have subscribed to this channel know the JJB is up. You've already seen it. The Ryan Hall versus BJ Penn thing. I play Ryan Hall. Marty G plays uh plays uh, uh BJ Penn. Watch it, live and learn. So, uh, you could at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, Mr. Sleep 3, the number 3 on Instagram. The Oxbow Show is January 29th in San Francisco. Already got Roma Raiders on the list. He's going he's gonna to bring his pops. Um, you want on the list? John Nash is talking about coming out. Some people are making the roadie from as far away as Denver. If you want to come, we'll get, we'll, get, we'll get you on the list. But I got to give you the quiz to make sure you're not trying to game the system. So anyway, that's it. That's the end of the show. V47. This is a new year and tri-level UFC chestness on the Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. I'm your host. I'll see you next uh, Tuesday with If the Shoes Fit. 
And if I if I did it, and then if the shoes fit, until then, look what you made me do!